The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8, 28. I started talking last week about how God is always working in our lives, even through things that the devil means for evil. God is always working in our lives, even through tough situations, even through challenging situations. And it's important that when we're walking through those situations, that we continue to believe in the goodness of God. That we choose to get steadfast, that we choose to get grounded and rooted and say, God, I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to believe the problem. I'm going to believe the promise and the solution that you have written out in your word. I'm not going to believe the challenge that I'm faced with today. So you've got to get it down where you know it in your knower. See, unfortunately, too many Christians come and they have an intellectual understanding about what God's doing. And so they hear a good word, they go out and say, okay, that's kind of cool, that's kind of neat. But they don't know it in their knower where it gets deep down into the revelation of who God is into their heart so that they're able to stand firm. Because when you just intellectually know it, there'll be some intellectual understanding that will come that will contradict the intellectual understanding that you have of God's word. Does that make sense? But when you know it, when you know it in your knower, when it gets deep down inside of you, you're able to remain steadfast that God is already in the process of taking what the enemy has meant for evil and he's going to work it out for his glory and for your good. I said he's going to work it out for his glory and for your good. Let let me tell you, one of the greatest ways that God ever receives glory in our lives is when difficult things come, when challenges come, and then God shows up in a miraculous and a mighty way. It's one of the greatest testimonies of people looking at your life going, wow, what are you going to be able to do about that? And God shows up and performs a miracle. you got to know it. But we have to choose to believe that. Do you realize that belief is a choice? Belief's not a feeling, it's not a thought, it's not an action. Belief is a choice that you make to say, I'm going to choose to believe the Word of God. Now, we looked at this last week, but I wanted to show you to you again, and it's this. What we believe determines what we think. What we think or our thoughts determines how we feel or our emotions, and how we feel or our emotions determines how we're going to act or things that we're going to speak. But it all stems from our belief. Our belief is not our thoughts. Our belief is not our feelings, our actions, our words. Those are just the fruit of what it is that we actually believe. And see, it's easy for us to say that we believe one thing when in reality it's our thoughts, feelings, actions, and words that really are indicating what it is that we actually believe. See, if you look at this progression, belief, thoughts, feelings, and actions, actions are the easiest to identify. The next thing are your feelings, because a lot of people wear their feelings on their sleeves. Sometimes their thinking or their thoughts kind of gets exposed because they are saying stuff, so we know the way they're thinking, but it's belief that's the most challenging. Because people will say, I believe this about God, and yet they'll speak something that contradicts what it is they said they believe about God. Our belief is best realized or understood when life squeezes us. Let me say that again. Our belief is best realized or understood when life squeezes us. My wife used this illustration a few weeks ago like a toothpaste. When you squeeze toothpaste, bubble gum doesn't come out. 
I mean, I guess if it's bubblegum toothpaste, it could, but then it would be bubblegum toothpaste. Whatever is inside the toothpaste, when you squeeze it, it's going to come out. Now, sometimes God allows some squeezing in our life that's kind of gentle so the right things come out of our life, but the enemy comes and he just squeezes us. Now, see, most of us have walked through this process with somebody in our life that they squeeze the toothpaste wrong. You know what I'm talking about? I always squeeze the toothpaste at the bottom and gently move it all the way up so I get all of it out. My wife, on the other hand, just grabs it and squeezes it wherever she can. So because of that, we had to learn to buy separate toothpaste so that we wouldn't have a fight over squeezing of the toothpaste. But God gently is squeezing the end, allowing the right things to come out, but the enemy is trying to squeeze stuff. When life squeezes you, what's inside of you comes out. When life squeezes you, what we really believe about God and his word comes out through our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and our words. Now, I know this can be a little bit intimidating, but it's the best way for us to understand what it is we really know and what it is that we really believe. See, I can say I believe a promise from the word of God, but if I'm thinking other things, if I'm feeling other things, or if I'm acting or speaking other things, I have to recognize that I'm believing wrong. So this helps us understand how and what it is that we really believe. But you have to decide what it is that you're going to believe. And why we have to decide, and you get to decide for the time what it is you're going to believe, that as a follower of Jesus Christ, God has already revealed the truth that we are to believe. It's found in the Word of God. We get to choose to believe the Word of God. It doesn't matter at this time if our finite minds have a difficult time wrapping our minds around an infinite God we have to recognize that God has laid out a path for us. And when we simply read the word of God, understand the promises of God, God teaches you and I how to walk in the abundant life that he has for us. Amen? See, that's why we fill our mind with faith-filled positive thoughts. Listen, if you're filling your mind with junk all the time, if somebody's around you filling your mind with junk all the time, you got to get into the word of God so the word of God gets into you. If you're watching a sitcom more than you're reading the Word of God, ouch, then you're allowing the sitcom to determine what it is that you believe. Listen, I'm not against sitcoms. I can quote you lines from several funny sitcoms. But my boys and I, we actually have been talking about this. We think it's time we start quoting the Word of God more than we quote some character on a sitcom. Amen? Because whether you recognize it or not, what you're putting into your mind is influencing the way that you think. And you typically don't move from believing strongly in the finished work of Jesus Christ to suddenly renouncing what it is that you believed at one time. There's a process that you begin to buy into the lies of the enemy. You, your belief begins to change slowly because you're thinking differently, you're feeling differently, and you're declaring differently. So your belief changes. And you don't realize it, but you move from over there to over here in a New York minute. We got to choose to believe the Word of God. We got to fill our minds with faith filled promises. See, Philippians 4 says this, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We're to meditate on the truths and the promises in the word of God. Why do we do that? Because Proverbs 23 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Listen, if you want to know what you're going to become and what it is you believe, start looking at what you're thinking about because it's going to affect what you feel and what it is that you're going to be doing and what it is that you're going to be speaking. 
See, that's why we're reminded in Proverbs 4, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So when you go through tough times, don't buy into the lie that God is causing it. Don't buy into the lie that God's having this in your life so that he can perfect you or so that he can, he can you know, cause all this damaging stuff to you. Continue to believe in the goodness of God. And when you come out the other side victorious, it will further confirm the love and goodness of God in your life. Listen, sometimes when you're going through something, we forget in the dark what it is that we learned in the light. We forget the time that God took us through something and we came out victorious. So we got to be reminded. God has already provided everything that you need. Are you all here today? Okay, good. God has already provided everything that you need. God has already, what do you need today? God has already provided everything that you need. You need healing in your body, God's already provided. You need provision, God's already provided. You need a relationship restored, God's already provided. You've got to start declaring it over your life and act in faith, walk in faith to see it showing up in your life. What's the one thing that stops God from moving in our life? Sin? No, unbelief. You've got to believe in God's promises. Everything, it's time for us to sign for the package. Talked about that last week. Listen, man, the delivery man has come. What you need from God is already there. It's time for you to take possession of God's word and the promises that are found in God's word. So I want to continue today talking today that you've been redeemed from punishment, meaning you're free from punishment. Because again, the easiest thing for us to do is every time that something goes bad, something happens in our life, we blame God. Listen, we live in a fallen world, and how many of you know that stuff happens? Things happen. I know what some of you are thinking. Listen, and what I'm excited about is that no matter what happens in my life, what I know in my knower is that I'm a child of a loving father. I am a child of the most high God. And no matter what is going on around us, if you'll have faith in his goodness, if you'll have faith in his goodness, God will get you out of any ditch that you have gotten yourself into or that somebody else pushed you into. See, sometimes we get in a ditch because of our own wrong behavior. But sometimes because other people, we weren't paying attention, pushed us into a ditch. God's already got plans to get you out of the ditch that you're actually in. See, it's not God causing the rough time. But in the middle of the rough time, he's going to show up and prove his love for you. Even when you know that you really don't deserve his love and help. How many of you know there's been lots of times that you did not deserve his love and help? Three of us. How many of you know that there have been many times that you didn't deserve his love and help? Listen, we can stay with this message as long as you want. I got all day today to preach the word of God to you. And I'm going to make sure that you get this in your knower today. Amen? There have been many times that we didn't deserve God's love and his mercy. And yet he showed up anyway. It's his unconditional love operating in our lives. He's going to get you out of the mess that you're in, even when the mess, again, was of your own making. But see, what religion will tell you is that you're going to get what you deserve. That, look what you did, you're getting what you deserve. Anybody ever had you tell, somebody tell you that? See, that's not God. God's not sitting back there rejoicing when negative consequences are showing up in your life because of your wrong behavior. See, he's not saying, will these people ever get it? They're a bunch of bonehead people and I'm not sure if they're ever going to understand my promises and love for them. Sometimes we've had authority people in our life that talk like that to us and so we assume that's the way God talks, but that's not how God talks. He's not saying, you're getting what you deserve. 
See, it's sad to say, but this is where a lot of people are at in the church today. That's why they have such a hard time embracing the grace of God. See, they don't believe. Sometimes they get frustrated. Sometimes they get downright mad when we talk about God's favor over our lives, even in the midst of our imperfections. Let me say it again just so that everyone understands. I am not advocating Christians living in sin. Grace is not a get-out-of-jail-free card for sin for you to go live any way that you want. I'm not saying that. There are still negative consequences for sin. But your behavior didn't qualify you in the first place, and it doesn't disqualify you for God's hovering protection and cover over you. You remember the story of Jonah? The guy that got swallowed up by a whale went to Nineveh because God had told him to go to Nineveh and tell the people that God was about ready to destroy the city. The people repented, so God relented. The people had a change of heart. They had a change of mind about the way that they were living. Now, I'm sure that if we thought about it, we'd think, man, Jonah must have been very happy. He wasn't. He was, in fact, he was mad. And this is where a lot of Christians are at today. Their questions are like, now why on earth did she get the promotion? Why on earth did he get healed? I know about their past. I knew them before they knew Jesus Christ. I knew about their past even after they came to know Jesus Christ. I know what they've done. I know that they didn't deserve it. See, that's when we begin to believe God's grace. When we begin to understand his grace, we don't get angry or mad. We just have a heart of thankfulness because we are believing in God's goodness. It's helping us change the way we think. It's helping us change the way we feel. And it's helping us change the way that we act. This is one of the greatest ways you can know if you are understanding and receiving God's unconditional love is are you giving unconditional love away to other people? Because when God's unconditional love begins to feel you and you begin to believe in his unconditional love, it begins to change the way that you think. You look at people when they've fallen down and rather than going, I told you so. Told you not to go near that. I told you to stay away from that. You're the first one over there to reach out your hand and say, hey, can I help you up? What can we do to get you back on the right path? Man, I love you. I'm 100% for you. It begins to change the way that you feel about them. You no longer become the older son who was mad at his dad for celebrating the younger son coming back. You're in, enjoying the party. You ever think about that? The older son missed out on the party. Just because he's having a pity party, he missed the party. I just thought about that. It's amazing when you begin to be filled with the love of God. But there's all kinds of things that are happening in your life that are trying to knock you off from believing right. You get to choose what it is that you believe. See, it amazes us how loving our Heavenly Father actually is to us. Those of us that are beginning to walk in and understand grace, it, it, it amazes us that we recognize that we don't get what we deserve. We get what Jesus deserved. His grace is amazing. And it's the revelation of how perfectly that God loves us that empowers us to show that unconditional love to others. But see, when we don't really believe God's unconditional love for us, especially when we blow up, we keep waiting for God to get us or to get them. If God ever wanted to get us, he would have gotten us when the getting was good. You ever had that experience when you know that you've done some things wrong and so you didn't do anything very risky? When I first started riding uh, street bikes... I really didn't have an understanding about God's grace. And so it always freaked me out to get on my motorcycle. In fact, before I got on, I'd be thinking, 
Okay, Lord, what have I done that if I confess all those sins and get all those things right, just so God wouldn't get me when I was on my motorcycle? Let me tell you something. God doesn't need me to be on a motorcycle if he were going to get me, but God's not going to get us because he could get us if he wanted to, but he's not going to. In fact, he hates it. He hates it when bad things happen to us. It breaks his heart when his children suffer. Does that mean that God's totally out of control and he can't do anything about it? No. He's going to take everything that the enemy means for evil and work it out for our good. You're going to come out the the other side of this problem. Let let me encourage you today. Whatever it is that you're walking through, marriage issue, financial issue, health issue, you're going to come out the other side victorious. Listen, here's the challenge in relationships. Sometimes the other person is not willing to walk with you. But I promise your destiny is not tied to any one person. God has a purpose and a plan for your life today. And you've got to believe in and continue to believe in the goodness of God that no matter what you're going through, he's going to work it out for your good and his glory. I wish that God would override our free will. Not with me, but with with other people in my life. I wish that God would step in and make people behave. Amen? Amen? We're going to come out the other side. We're going to come out the side, a better understanding of God's unconditional love for us. It doesn't mean it's easy through the process. And please understand today, I'm not making light of things that you're walking through today. I'm not trying to act like they aren't a challenge to you. I'm trying to act like, I'm not trying to act like that they're not messing with you emotionally and that you're, you know, if you're speaking wrong things, all I'm saying in all those things is that if you're thinking wrong, your thinking contradicts the word of God and his promises in the word of God. If your emotions are dealing with depression and heaviness, if you're acting out incorrectly or you're speaking incorrectly, go back and focus on what it is that you're going to believe. God, I believe in your goodness. God, I believe that you're for me. So Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I weren't for sure if I was going to get there, but we're there now. Romans eight twenty-eight. In fact, let's read this out loud together. Would you do that with me? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Leave that up there. Go back one second, guys. Look at that first line, and we know. This goes back to knowing in your knower. Do you know this in your knower, that all things work together for good? Well, I'm just not sure about this. This is how I feel. No, and we know that all things work together for good. Listen, I'm not making this up. This is a promise from the word of God. If you're a child of God, it's your inheritance. It's God's love letter to you. And you get to choose, again, what it is you're going to believe. But if you will know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, let's look at the next verse. Look what begins to happen. For whom he... Foreknew, read with me, I'm sorry, start again. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now let me go back again and read it from the Amplified Version, and here's what it says in verse 28. For we we are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan. I want you to know that what you're walking through, God is partnering with you in this labor. And he's taking all the problems, all of the issues of life, and he's fitting them into a plan that's for your life. That's going to make your life better than what you thought it was actually going to be. For good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. It's talking about children of God today. 
If you're here today and you're a child of God, it's not based upon your ability to love God. It's based upon God's ability and his love for you that you are, again, called according to his design and purpose. Verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, hang on to that word, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them. Now say this with me, God foreknew me. Say it with me, God foreknew me. See, it's not a predestination, all right? Say, listen to this. See, it's not a predestination that God has already determined everything that is going to happen. See, and no matter what you do, God is already going to decide ahead of time that this is what's going to happen, that God's already manipulating things in your life, so no matter what you do, it's not going to happen. That's not what this verse is saying. This is talking about God's foreknowledge, that God already knows everything that you've ever done, God knows everything that you'll ever do. Now that's amazing to begin to understand in and of itself because when you understand God's blessings are on you and his favors upon you, his blessing and favors upon you even though he knows what you're going to say on Tuesday. Can you say that's a good God? Because how many of you, if you knew somebody that was going to do you wrong on Tuesday, wouldn't be nice to him on Sunday? So God already knows everything about you. He knows everything that you're going to do. He knows the beginning from the end. See, we're kind of caught in this moment. We think linear, but if this was the beginning of time and the end of time, God is literally looking at everything that's going on. He knows everything that's taking place from what's going on here. Everything that's going to happen or has already happened, he already knows about it. So it's not talking about something being predestined and that there isn't anything that you can do to change it. God has not predetermined that you're going to be a failure. God has not predetermined that you're going to be less than. God has already predetermined, actually, that you, as a child of God, you're going to be more than. That's what the Word of God says, that you're more than a conqueror. You don't just conquer, you're more than a conqueror. So God's not saying that he's already determined these things and decided these things. God is saying, I know you. He knows you intimately. He, in fact, he actually knows you better than you know yourself. And he foreknew you. Then he says that he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them. So, since he already knew you from the beginning, he went in ahead and planned based upon his foreknowledge. He knew that you weren't going to quit, even though you said you were going to quit. Even though you may have quit for a few days. He knew you weren't going to quit. So he made plans ahead of time for you coming back. In fact, he's always making plans to get you back. He's always making plans for you to find your way back. He planned this whole message for some of you today who've been trying to figure out how to get back where it is that you want to be with him. See, my whole destiny is tied into each one of you. Your whole destiny is tied into me and his foreknowledge about what he knew about each one of us brought us here this morning so that we could work some things out in our life. He wants to work some things out in our life that we may be aware of or we may not be aware of. Why is he doing that? Because he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them. Here's why the rest of that verse, to be molded into the image of of his son and share inwardly in his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren 
Listen, if you'll catch this this morning, it will settle a lot of things in your heart. What is God's plan that he has for each one of us? The plan that God has for every one of us that are here today, it's this, to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. See, I think sometimes that we miss this or sometimes we forget this as followers of Jesus Christ because we are becoming like the thing that we're beholding. When we're beholding Jesus and his promises, we're becoming like that. When we're beholding the problems, we continue to become like that. See, sometimes we, when I'm talking about God's goodness, the only thing that we're thinking about is the tangible evidence of God's goodness. We're thinking about God's desire to bless us financially or God's desire to heal us or some other miracle, and you're focused on the fruit of being in a relationship with God, not on the root, God's character and nature and the plan that he has for your life. But here's the plan that God has for our lives. He's going to take everything that we've ever gone through, everything that we are going to go through, and use those things to train and develop us so that we'll be molded into the character and the nature of God. God's got it all under control. In fact, let's say, God, you've got it all under control. Say it with me. God, you've got it all under control. Try it one more time. God, you've got it all under control. I was teasing, let's try it one last time. God, you've got it all under control. He's going to take everything in your life and he's molding you into the character of Jesus. In other words, God is working on us to be like his son. So since he already knows every decision you're going to make, he's going to take every decision you're ever going to make and use those decisions to develop you into becoming more like Jesus. That way Jesus can have some like brethren that you're in the family of God, that Jesus would become the firstborn among those brethren. See, what we should desire, be desiring to be is more like Jesus, instead of desiring what it is that he can do for us. It's very easy for you and I to get hooked on understanding the principles so that we can get something out of it, but we forget that the focus is to be made in the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. Our number one goal in life as a follower of Jesus Christ is to be more like Jesus. The cry of our heart is, I want to be more like Jesus. So Jesus will take everything that you're going through, and out of it, you will see the character of Jesus coming out of you. Is this making sense today? That as you learn to walk through stuff and you overcome stuff, suddenly something that you had in your life that wasn't there before is suddenly in your life. Unfortunately, sometimes we begin to gripe and complain. You ever read about the, the children of Israel walking through the desert and you're thinking, why on earth did they gripe and complain? But the children of Amarillo Fellowship don't ever do that, right? So we're wondering, why on earth do they griping and complain? See, if we gripe and complain, we continue to get an opportunity to understand the lesson, not because God is mean, not because God is trying to withhold or punish us in some way, it's because he's trying to make you into his image. He's taking the thing again that the enemy is meant for evil and he's developing in you godly character. You're being formed and created into the image of God. And see, when that happens, you're going to begin to see the character and nature of Jesus coming out of you. You'll begin to see the fruit of the Spirit coming out of you. 
Listen, just so you know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, all the seeds of the fruit of the Spirit are already in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things are already inside of you. And the more that you focus through on Jesus through the problems, the more those things begin to produce fruit in your lives. You're going to see hope and love and wisdom, things that you've never seen come out of your life that weren't there previously because God is taking everything that you're going through in life and he's molding you to be more like Jesus. Again, as followers of Jesus Christ, that should be our number one desire. Should be our number one desire. Jesus, I want to be more like you. See, I don't know all the different reasons why people have decided to become followers of Jesus Christ. If you're like me and you were raised in a, in a very fearful environment, it was to escape hell. It was. Some of it's because you want to go to heaven. Others, it's because you want to enjoy all the blessings that come from living the life of Christ. But what God desires for our lives is to take us back to the way that it was designed in the image, that we were created in the image of God. And listen, can't you see that once you're made like Jesus, you'll live like Jesus. You'll walk on water. You'll have miracles take place in your life. Breakthroughs take place in your life. That should be the ultimate objective as as followers of Jesus Christ to be more like Jesus. Now, I imagine with this group here today that there are probably some of you here today that you actually don't want to be like Jesus. I mean, honestly, when I'm saying that, you're like, Richie, I don't know if I really want to be like Jesus. The reason is, is because sometimes our priorities get all mixed up. See, that's what religion does. It makes you very self-focused. Religion will make you focus upon you, whether it's I've got to qualify and do all of the right things so that God will love me, or once you understand God loves you, it's all about, God, what can you do for me now? You've already done all this, but God, what else is there for me? Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be looking for God to bless you because God desires to bless his children, but it's about being focused on his face, not on his hand. It's being focused upon who he is and letting him change us so that the fruit of who he is begins to show up in our lives also. See, again, when I talk about the goodness of God and the benefit that comes from the fact that God is good, it's very easy for us to get hung up on the benefit. Just so you know, I'm not going to stop talking about the benefit just because some people get hung up on the benefit. Because living for Jesus Christ really is the gospel. It really is the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because once you receive Jesus, you can freely receive all the other things. But we've been trying to receive all the other things without actually really receiving Jesus. Listen, God has a plan to take all of the different things and difficult challenges in your life, the good things, the bad things, and use them to make you more like Jesus. You just have to stay focused through the process and choose to believe. You have to make sure that your thinking is in alignment with what it is that you believe. Because when you do that, the feelings show up and the actions show up. So make that choice today. Will you believe that today? This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.